All right, Sean, you wipe that silly look off your face right now. Because <laughs> if anybody says any shit about Nancy Wilson or Ann Wilson right oh, now. Oh, I love this. They're in the crosshairs. Classic rock, among all the forms of rock, was so male-dominated, and everything's male-dominated. Would you quit talking so I can hear this? My go God. Go turn it up. Go, 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 turn it up. Every time I think about it, I want to cry. Oh. I love Heart right. more than I love you. Oh, that hurts. No, it wasn't at you. That was at everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, Just everybody no, I'm in not, general. I'm not, I'm not separating you from anybody else. I saw Heart like two years ago, so you're thinking I'm going to mock you for it? I, I'm blown away by them. Yeah, that, well, it, They're just amazing. My daughter, who is surprising because she likes all this hideous internet trap rap and bad <laughs> things that I can't stand, but she also has this amazing... The, there was a time when I picked her up from school when she was like 14 years old, and she's like, can I pick the music? And I'm like, you know the rule. If you're in the passenger seat, the co-pilot picks the tunes. I mean, that the driver has to focus on the road, and so she's been my DJ for, God, more than 10 years now, and she threw on Billy Joel, and I looked at her, and again, a 14-year-old kind of dark, yeah. gothic kid with some yeah. emotional issues, she'd appreciate that if I said that, by the way, so nothing out of school there and um and she threw on billy joel and i looked at her i'm like how do you even know who billy joel is and she looked at me like well dad. she didn't say it but she looked at me like fuck you dad i think wow. i know something about me. and so but her she i know people who love 80s heart i can't go that far but dreamboat annie little queen the earliest heart the, the 70s heart oh my god it's it well it owns a place in my heart my name is brian oak and this is the brian oak show that is sean bernard this is episode 102 you know if you look at it online it says episode 102 this isn't like you know, opening up a checking account where they're like, would you like to start the number at 4,000? So it looks like you've had a checking <laughs> yeah. account forever. <laughs> like you're a real adult. This is the 102nd. <laughs> still hasn't happened yet. <laughs> no, I'm still waiting no. for it. The 102nd episode of The Brian Oak Show is now underway, and I'm excited about it. It's here in the Smart Start MN Studios in South Minneapolis, a day where it looked like winter had come very, very, very early, but we're getting some milder weather back, some more autumn-like weather, uh, which is nice, but here we are, 48th and Chicago in South Minneapolis, and there are two sad pieces of news that we have to report today. And I hate starting the show on a negative point, but City Pages, perhaps you've heard of it. Oh, this is a crusher. Now, I, I want you to know that in the episodes coming up, I've reached out to no less than half a dozen people who have been editors, writers, contributors, recipients of Pick to Click, many various things tangential angles to city pages for upcoming shows because we are going to spend some time lamenting the loss of the last alternative weekly here in the twin cities at least in terms on the scale that city pages was but city pages after 41 years has shuttered uh it's over and if you're listening outside the twin cities area that probably means nothing to you if you're listening inside the twin cities area city pages and granted, it became a very different animal in the last four to six or yeah. seven years, as necessitates the Internet age. But there was a time when City Pages was an absolutely essential missive. I remember making very specific journeys every Wednesday to coffee shops, to record stores, to anywhere in the Skyway downtown that you might be able to find City Pages. City Pages was the lifeblood of what was happening in this town. And as we've talked about Basically, every episode we've done this show, there's always been such an amazingly rich cultural fabric to what's happening in the Twin Cities. And it doesn't matter what art you're talking about, they would focus on it. Now, me as a music head, it was my lifeblood. It was my connector. It was how I found out who was going to be playing. It was where I got to read. Like, you know, I didn't know anything about Band X. And yeah. all of a sudden, here's a great article by an incredible local music writer who was deeply passionate. And smart like, questions, you know, just smart questions that you're oh. not going to get from other stupid major publications. It was it was unbelievable. We both had tons of friends that worked there. I mean, we, I know that between us, we probably had eight or nine friends that worked over there. Probably more, and the number of people who have been featured in it, then suddenly the number goes into the two, maybe three digits. It's sad, and it's, it's not surprising. You know, I mean, uh, print media has been shrinking, but given the pandemic and the ultra-local focus of City Pages advertising, you know, no gigs, no things going on means no advertising from those venues mm -hmm. or those artists. And it's just, it's, I, and I don't want to sound old, and I don't think I do sound old. In this day and age that we live in, losing another voice, an independent voice, uh, a local voice, a, a voice that was not reflected by major publications, no. losing that at, during any time 
is a, is a, a hideous loss to this community. And, you know, you and I talk about this a lot, especially since the pandemic hit. You know, losing your favorite local hair groomer, or not hair groomer, pet groomer, or hair salon, <laughs> or record store, or restaurant. You know, the pandemic has claimed another victim. You can directly link the loss of City Pages to the pandemic. And it sucks. And I'm sad, and I'm mad, and I'm very sorry. And so I just want everyone out there to know who's been affected by this, even if you were just a simple reader like I was. I never worked there. Yeah, but I... I lived off City Pages for 25 years, and um, it's hideous, and it's sad, and I'm very, very sorry. I think it's okay for us to say that because it's just another log in the fire that is this dumpster fire of a year that we're having. It's so. terrible, and you know, you and I early on decided we're going to make this podcast about what makes the, the, basically the fabric of this community, whether we're talking to a politician yep. or an entrepreneur or a musician or a rabbi, whoever, or, or like a rabbi. Have, exactly. And, and she, by the way, came in with her guard up. She yes, was like, she what did. the hell is this? Luckily, oh. I've known her husband for, oh. I don't know, 35 <laughs> years. And I think he probably was like, it's going to be okay. We were worried. It's going to be okay. We were she genuinely, was yeah, we were worried. Like she was looking at us like, who are these idiots? But we got there. And then she realized we, we were idiots there. and then she was comfortable. Yeah, and she's like, oh, these, these guys aren't smart. But, 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 they are res- but they are respectful, so yes, this is going to be okay. So, you know, we're going to talk more in the episodes ahead about the loss of City Page. In fact, we might talk about it more in the episode coming up here, but I don't want to spend too much time right here before we get to today's featured guests, a couple of board members of Dissonance. B-O-A-R-D is really important. Yeah, well... Sorry, Brian. Trust me. By the end of the show, they will, they will be both kinds of bored. I promise you that. Um, but we're very much looking forward to talking about Dissonance as an organization, events that they still have going on, because there are still events going on. It's just it's a different world right now. But we're also going to talk about hope. And I believe that right now is a time for hope. Oh, yes. And, you know, I realized that at the beginning of the show here, we've been talking a lot about the musicians and the influencers, not in the Instagram way, but in the actual real life way and the figures that we continue to lose. And that's only going to keep happening, but it just seems to put an exclamation point week after week after week after week on where we're at right now, which I think only highlights the importance of hope and remembrance and focusing on the positive. We lost another one, Sean, and this guy is not a household name, but he's another one of those Texas singer songwriters that, that, that is, is so crucially important. You know, if you're not a music head, maybe you don't know the name Billy Joe Shaver. Billy Joe Shaver never really, he didn't even cross over as much as, say, a Chris Christopherson or even a um, Jerry Jeff Walker, who we just lost, yeah. or John Prine, who we lost to COVID earlier this year. But there are so many of these important singer-songwriters that were so influential, 60s into the early 70s, mid-70s, that never really got their own due, but they were covered by everybody and billy joe shaver is one of them now you we all know the name waylon jennings we yep. all know the name willie nelson and many other myriad country stars whereas well, i start to my love of country starts to wane once we get up to that stratosphere that strata and um billy joe shaver was another one of these texas guys that everybody loved cranked out brilliant brilliant songs never became a true star in his own right but wrote songs for so many people that were oh that were just so so very good um and he, again he made it to 81 he had a really really good run but um it just you know you you lose these and i guess it's only going to keep happening as we get older and older um but this one this one hit close to home because, like, you know, if we listen to modern outlaw, modern bro country, I'm not in. No, you know, me neither. Songs like Rain, it's just not my jam. It's, me you know, neither. Uh, oh, there's a song by Luke Bryan that I want to quote right now, but the lyrics are so bad my brain has to Look, it up, look it up while we're playing I'll a look it good song here. So I want, to, I want to hear a really good song by Billy Joe Shaver. Um and this one is about hope, and so I think it'll lead nicely into our upcoming guests, Katie Vernon and Karen Fullman, who are here to talk about dissonance and the world we live in. Maybe we'll hit city pages. Maybe we'll even talk about the election. Fuck me, right? Jesus Christ, it's coming up in just a few days. Okay, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we want to say a proper goodbye to Billy Joe Shaver, because if you don't know his name now, go look up his music. He was revered by all of the great outlaw country greats, and he belongs in that roster. And this particular song is called I'm Just an Old Chunk of Coal. Rest in peace, Billy Joe Shaver. It's The Brian Oak Show.
And that one right there is one of his more hopeful numbers, because as most great outlaw country greats do, (laughs) uh, a lot of his stuff is, you know, you go back to old school country and like, you know, you hear like, oh, I lost my pickup truck. I lost my dog. I lost my wife. Um, Some of it gets way, 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 way darker than that. You go back deep into Waylon and Christopherson and Billy Joe Shaver, many others, Guy Clark. Man, I mean, like. I've had some down days, and 2020 is trying, but it sounds like those guys have been living 2020 since 1966, and uh, it's some dark stuff. But Billy Joe Shaver, if you've never listened to him much before, he's gone now, Um, and you're not required or obligated to love it, but definitely go back and give him a listen and a little love, because he'll be gone, and we won't be talking about him in a week from now, because, my God, there's a new meteor that hits the planet every single day from different directions, but rest in peace, Billy Joe Shaver, from all of us here at the Brian Oak Show, which includes Sean Bernard, I'm Brian Oak, and our good friends at Smart Start MN. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means that they'll essentially, and I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but basically they worked with the legislature, with the government years ago to set in place where they can put a breathalyzer in your vehicle and get you back on the road sooner than you otherwise might be back on the road should you or someone near and dear to you encounter a DUI. They're not there to judge. They are just there to accommodate, to facilitate, to in this day where every time you wake up, your life becomes more difficult than it was before. They're doing what they can to help you get back to some sense of normalcy should you encounter a DUI. Yeah, just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show to get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Let's go ahead and say hello to our guests, shall we, Sean? Hello, guests. Uh, Katie Ver- Vernon has been on the show a couple times before, and Katie, it is always wonderful to see your face. How are you? It's wonderful to be here. It's nice to do this in person. I've been really missing um, connecting, as everybody has. Also, I think the last time I called in, it was on the phone. Yeah, and just it was with me. Because of City Pages. So I'm just going to drop yes. that heavy right mm. now. That I think I am now probably forever the reigning best of. Um, acoustic performer in the cities. That's because, true. You, you can know, never be defeated. There won't be any more. Reigning champion. Yeah. You're not going to so. retire at the top of your game, are you? Um, no, I'm just going to claim that title forever. <laughs> okay, good. Um, you know, on the bones and, and the carnage. <laughs> 
of the paper that lovingly gave it to me because I was never picked to click, you know, I will say, you know, for 20 odd years. But that's always been kind of a curse. It is a curse. You know that, right? Yeah. I mean, not officially. It's not like the, 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 you know, being on the cover of Madden, the video game, but also the number of picked to clicks who have literally... Yeah, but you know what? I think that's part of the secret. So my, I would never say this before because I wouldn't want to upset anyone (laughs) at City Pages. But I will say I have a working theory that not only do you need to completely implode if you do win, pick to click, you kind of need to do that to win it in the first place because you need to just reinvent yourself every few years, maybe every year. And you'll see repeat band members in many of the pick to clicks, oh. you know, including the amazingly wonderful, incomparable Lizzo. Oh. You know, she did it. Yeah, yeah. And and quite a few people that just seem to be kind of the secret to success is just to keep reinventing yourself. You know, Alla Madonna. So, are you telling me that in <laughs> Lizzo in Lizzo style, at some point, you're going to be an entirely? <laughs> well, no, not now. Because okay, City well, Pages it's over. is gone. It's so, hey, look, that doesn't know. mean someone else like the Brian Oak show couldn't <laughs> right. pick up the mantle right. of picking a pick-to-click, although... No, it's too no stressful. Really the entire pick-to-click thing ha- has been hard. But I will say that um, the year, the closest year that I personally felt I was eligible, and I did get one vote. Thank you, Jim Walsh. Um, <laughs> 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 um, but the, the year that I was somewhat new, because you have to be new, you know, which is obviously controversial new-ish, as well. Newish. New- newish. Right. You know, not blown up, you know, too big. Um, so the year I was the newest of the newish kind of things was uh, would have been the year 2000. And that was the year the astronaut wife were named Pick to Click. There so, you, you know, I get it. Yeah. They, they were incredibly special. Um, they didn't implode right away. They kept going for a while. Yeah. Um, and they've all gone on to great things and are amazingly talented people. So I'm not Do you bitter. have a shrine anywhere in your home uh, <laughs> with sort of like, you know, upside down religious objects or <laughs> giant blood-stained X's across people's faces about astronaut um, wife? Anything like that? I would like to say no. <laughs> we can leave it right there. We can absolutely leave it right there. No, you did, I however, haven't. play at City Page's 40th birthday party. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of forgot about that because it was my alter ego. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I do um, sometimes forget what I get up to when I am dressed up as um, Agnetha from my Absolutely Fab <sighs> band. But that's how we did it. So, yeah, we were booked because it was a disco theme because it was to celebrate 40 years. Right. And um, so, yeah, last year for the City Pages 40th birthday. Do you remember playing gigs? Do I remember playing gigs? Yeah. Oh, vaguely. Yeah. I mean, that's why I forgot. Because I was like, oh my God, last year I played a gig on I feel a like stage. At some point, it's going to be referred to as the before times. <laughs> yeah. And there'll be there'll be crude cave-like drawings on animal yeah. hides. Like, no, we used to go to shows <laughs> and no. occasionally we'd meet other people for right. brunch out now at I just, restaurants. Right. Now I just look at my shoe closet and I look at my sparkly platforms. There must have been a reason for these shoes. Future archaeologists <laughs> will be like, there was a time when these people still went out. Yeah. There was a time. All right, Katie. Well, let's talk about what we're going to talk about having you here for today. Before we do that, though, I want to introduce your friend and colleague, Karen Fullman. Karen, hello and welcome to the Madness of the Brian Oak Show. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming in today. And it is, it's one of the things I'm grateful for is A, seeing people face to face like this. Now, we're socially distanced. I'm sorry that the stench of this room is like bleach, but I am taking being clean fairly seriously because, you know, it's happening everywhere and we're not done with COVID. We're not going to be for a long time, but it's nice to see you. Nice to meet someone new. Now, Karen, since we've never met before, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions before we talk about dissonance. Um, Where are you from? Um, grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay, so so you are, it's weird. There was a period of my life for about the last four years where everyone I met or talked to are you from the east side? It's technically the north side. The north side of St. Yeah. Paul. So, I mean, like, is that getting us close to... Where are we close to, then? Uh, the next closest suburb to the north side. Would that be Maplewood? It was Maplewood on one side. Yeah. And then, like, uh, Little Canada on the other side. Okay. All right. Very good. I was just curious. And when you were growing up... When's the first time you remember, and I want you to be 100% honest and not feel any shame, because clearly I feel no shame, and I don't think there's a wrong answer to this question. The first time you genuinely, whether it was from someone's record collection, your family, something you heard on the radio, what's the first song you really, really remember falling in love with? Mm. 
one of. It doesn't have to be the very first because no one can verify it. There'll be no yeah. fact checking on the Brian Oak show. Um, I think that it was more of an artist than a one song. Okay. Uh, Tracy Chapman. Oh, oh wow. Uh, my brother would get mad at me and he'd tell me I couldn't sing. And he was <laughs> oh. like, until you finish listening to her, like I want you to, because I focused on a lot of lyrics instead of like the melody. Right. <laughs> and so he brought it. I brought, I listened to the whole record and I sang and he was like, oh, okay, you can sing and I'm sorry. Like, and, <laughs> and I like to this day, like that's my favorite artist still. Like, I love Trace Chapman and I can sing her. And it's she has know. so many more great songs than she had hits. That's the other thing I know about yeah. her because I own several of her uh, albums, and mm-hmm. I can't believe how many good songs she has that never quite made it oh, know, yeah. off the charts. See, Karen's the age where she gets to pick someone cool like that as the first <laughs> one she fell in love with, whereas I'm like, oh, April Wine, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. or, or some other equally forgettable band. That's awesome. Now you said you can sing all of it. You don't want to sing any of it right now, do you? <laughs> Which? What do you want me to sing? <gasps> Oh my God! Really? I mean, I, I was kind of joking around, but if you're willing to give me a couple bars, I'll let okay. you pick. Um, she's got a fast car. Um, I forget the words now that I'm saying yeah. this. Yeah, but look, because I put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put you on the spot. You know what we're gonna do? Mm-hmm. We're gonna come back to that in just a little bit. All right, cool. Bring those up, but we're gonna come back to that. So, Karen and Katie. I, I'm sure you have a great deal in common, but the reason that you are both here today on the Brian Oak Show is you're both board members of Dissonance. And instead of allowing me to stumble my way awkwardly through what the nature of Dissonance is, will you please let me know in your own words what Dissonance is? Or the mission statement, if you have it memorized. I definitely don't memorize things. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, but... um. To me, dissonance is about um, providing resources specifically to like artists, but to everyone. Um, you know, whether or not we have on our website, we have resources to therapy right now. That's huge. Um, a lot of people need resources like that. But we also want to smash stigmas of like what um, you have to be to be an artist or a musician. And um, a lot of people in recovery, we want to re- you know provide support for them and um, just smash stigmas of uh, depression, anxiety. Um, and promote health and wellness. Do you feel, Karen, uh, because I, the pandemic has been difficult for everybody. You know, for me, I occasionally feel sorry for myself and go, well, I don't get to go out to shows or I can't go meet my friends for brunch or that kind of thing. But I've noticed more, I mean, as, as hard as it's been so far for the seven, eight, nine, ten months, wherever we're at right now, I've kind of stopped counting. Um, it's been difficult for everyone, but I'm starting to notice in even just using nothing more than social media as a barometer, I'm noticing a level of sort of forced stoicism or darkness is too strong a word, but this sort of this sort of emptiness, this sort of hunger, this sort of desperation, this sort of reaching out among my friends and colleagues and things that I follow that I haven't noticed before. And it's it's scaring me more than usual. Not that I don't normally care about people, not that I don't normally care about where their head's at, where their heart is at. But here we are heading into darker days and cold days. And as much as we've already been in lockdown, winter in Minnesota sort of enforces a new level or form of lockdown. And those two compounding together, these two things dovetailing together, is sort of ominous to me. I'm sort of worried about it. So if someone is listening right now and they're like, shit, I'm just so tired of looking at these same four walls and I love my family, but I can't take them anymore. And oh my God, what am I going to do? And this is never going to end. And they're they're literally at the end of their rope. Well, I mean, figuratively, because most people aren't just hanging onto a rope, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is dissonance something that they can find a resource in? Is there something there for them? Definitely. Um, besides um, resources of um, therapists specifically catered to artists, um, we also have a monthly um, support group called StoryWell. And um, it's the first Monday of every month. And originally we were meeting in person and now we're offered online to anyone. And um, some people are in recovery, but you don't have to be. And we try to maintain a focus of like come as you are and um, no labels um, and you can call it a safe space or a brave space, um, whatever you want. We just want to make sure people feel welcomed and heard. Um, that's why it's story well, cause we want people to be able to like 
like learn about their own stories and be able to use their voices to to talk about their experiences and realize that like we're not coming in as experts, we're coming in as humans and we all have our story to share and we're all trying to find our well. And that's why we call it story well. Um, and we just really want to reach more people and have people let people know like there are spaces like this that you can come to. And I think a lot of times people feel isolated beyond like like you said, what's going on because they feel like this this they're, they're the only ones experiencing this and coming together and hearing that like other people are struggling too and offering resources we all are sharing tips like hey this is what i've done and we try to teach tools like um breathing and mindfulness um and things like that because a lot of times when we're panicking we're not even in our our right brain we're in our we're our amygdala and so doing these calming techniques puts us back into our bodies and takes us out of that fight flight or freeze mode and then it puts us back into our frontal cortex where we can think and judge and find room for compassion, too. Because even with masks, a lot of people are going around thinking everyone's their enemies, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> or like, at least they're up to something, you know, they're and up so, to something. So I think it's just bringing back that compassion piece is so huge. And then and remembering to include yourself in that is so is so important. I'm a, a recently sober guy. And so my experience with my 12 step programs has been all online, all on Zoom. And I understand from everything I've heard people say, it's not as satisfying, as enriching as meeting face to face. But it's all I've ever known. And I have to be honest, I go to twice, I go to two of them a week and I end up looking forward to them. And even though Zoom may seem like a two dimensional, impersonal format, even if I don't feel like sharing, sitting and listening and just knowing that there are other living, breathing human beings on the planet that are not okay, that are not feeling okay, or that are able to share part of their story that may not be relatable to me entirely, but I'll hear one little thing. I'll, I, I will always come away with something. And Storywell sounds like the same thing. Now, I know Storywell, Katie, was something that happened in person at the Warming House. And obviously, yeah. our good friend Sean here was is on the board at the Warming House. Mm-hmm. Given the world that we live in, the Warming House is a small enough space that that's not a good place for us to be hanging out. So it's been happening online. But tell me about... So Storywell, every month you have a different speaker a different theme what's the nature of story well so every month yeah we choose like a different subject um we like to we used to kind of have it a bit more loose because you could really um it was almost like kind of an aa meeting without the aa stuff but we kind of you know took what worked from those um and then tried to just make it really open for people to share um, we found actually going online, we had to be a bit more strict with the subjects um, because really Zoom is great, but you can't have crosstalk. You can't have kind of open discussion mm-hmm. as easily. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely kind of had to be more mindful about picking a host, picking a subject and then kind of muting everybody. And then we can unmute when we want to, you know, kind of share feedback. And um, I like to always put in questions, you know, to try to force people to open up and there's three of us um, that are all board members with dissonance that kind of take it in turns. So it's my turn this month. Um, Karen, um, who's obviously here today, um, you know, has taken subjects. Um, she also is so good at leading, breathing and kind of mindful um you know, things that I, I kind of pull for her every time I'm the host as well. well which makes um, sense. Like, yeah, the thing I love that Karen nice. had to say was talking about getting out of the lizard brain. Yeah. We're, we're all living in this state of sort of arrested development, arrested progression. Fear, I think, is, yeah. is prevalent right now. I mean, yeah. let's not get too derailed because mm-hmm. we are talking about story well, but there's an election next Tuesday, which mm-hmm. everyone thinks like it finally has to change, right? Like we can't, we can't <laughs> keep living with this giant, foot on our chest mm-hmm. but that's not written in stone anything no. could happen and so well, that's, a, that's and a, we won't know for a while either. i know we won't you know, I, we I know have it won't to prepare be, it, it won't be fixed on tuesday yeah. and i understand that i just um yeah. just there there has to so especially if it goes yeah. the other way right. then that sort of mindfulness that sort of breathing that sort of realizing okay there are ways to get when you talk about borrowing from a 12 step program mm-hmm. that whole just today just yeah. get through and maybe just get through these next five minutes. If you yeah. find it all welling up and it's it's mm-hmm. it's grabbing you around the throat and throttling your brain and you're making and the lizard brain is taken over, then it requires even more focus. And I'm mm-hmm. glad Storywell does that. Before we talk about this yeah. month's Storywell and the event that's coming up very early next week, yes. just after Halloween, just before 
<clears throat> the election, <laughs> the day of reckoning. Yeah. Let's hear some more music because we do like to hear Yay. music on the show here. So very recently, we had a number of guests on the show regarding the Me Too Minneapolis event, which yes. was not only a really cool event that happened at the Hook and Ladder, but also gave birth to this incredible compilation of 17 brilliant Minnesota musicians who were given the task, a very simple open-ended task mm-hmm. of write a song And the only direction you're going to be given is me too. Yeah. Now, I know that I am someone who has to listen to all the lessons of me too. I realize that it's not my position to weigh in on the conversation. (laughs) This is where I sit down and listen. But even so, some of the things I can recognize are that there are no two me too stories that are identical. Mm -hmm. And me too, the spectrum... It, it, it's almost blinding how wide the spectrum is when you were tasked with sitting down and approaching songwriting as you do. Do you like having more of a focus or does that make it even more of an uphill task for you to write a song? Yeah, no, I like having a focus, definitely, because it just kind of gets, you know, gets the wheels turning. Um, I like it to not be too specific. Um, you know, I don't want like... There was a banana on the table. Like, I mean, that's like, got nothing. I love that song. Oh, that's... I'd love to hear a whole album of songs about bananas on the table. I don't know why I even thought of that. But, um, but your point is well taken, but, though. But my point is, uh, I do like to have a bit of prompt. But, um, you know, I think uh, you can also then get really intimidated by something of this importance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, yes, I'm a woman and I can speak to my, you know, um, yeah, my experiences with me too. Um, and I certainly have had, you know, I've been assaulted on the street. I've been underestimated, you know, by men throughout my life. I've really had to kind of, you know, claw my way, um, just into, you know, even having a career, um, in the arts, but, um, you know, I'm still at the end of the day, you know, a a white cis woman living in the burbs, you know? And so, it was a bit intimidating because I thought, how do you write the Me Too song? Mm-hmm. But then I had to just kind of remind myself, give myself a break that, you know, I'm only writing one of the songs. I don't have to define the album, you know, um, and I don't have to worry about what anyone else is writing about. I'll just focus on what I'm doing. So when I really kind of let myself relax a little bit, I thought, you know, what do I want to write about? Some people, um, you know, bravely have chosen, you know, like Mary Bew to write from a place that is so dark and painful. And I know she's been on your show and, and you know, shared her stories. Um, I am choosing not to um, write a song from that place, but to kind of come at it where I want to um, celebrate what we can do. And I, so I kind of, I thought I was writing two different songs because I started writing a song about how mad I was about having to kick down doors and scream my way, you know, 20 years, you know, down the line of never being picked plank um, to have, uh, <laughs> there to it have is. a career. Oh, no, it's fine. I love City Pages. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't an overnight success. I was told when I was 21, I was um, taken to a very fancy studio in oh. Minneapolis and, you know, dazzled a little bit. And asked to sing, and then they looked me up and down, so obviously, just like literal, like eyes, mm-hmm. you know, up and down. And they said, "You've got the voice. That's really cute that you have your own songs, but you're not the package." And I was like, "So what does that mean?" And they're like, "Well, you know, there's a lot we can do in the studio. So singing, you know, that's great, but there's a lot we can do. This is not the most important thing. And we have our own material, so you know, that's." It's it's really more, um, you know, the the package that we know that we need. So and they're I saying thought, they can okay. fill in the holes that they see. <laughs> well, and I realized, you know, I guess that means I'm not pretty. I mean, how oh. else are you supposed to respond to that? I'm never getting younger. Probably <laughs> never getting prettier. Although I, I think I did kind of glow up a bit <laughs> in my 40s. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but True. So I decided, so I wrote, I started writing quite a somewhat angry song about having to kick down doors and, and, you know, kind of break my way in. And then I also started writing a song that was about kind of shining a light. If you ever earn that spot or you feel like, you know, you've had some luck and you've, you've had a bit of a spotlight shone on you, um, then you got to shine that on other people. You got to lift them up, you know, and 
there's a gif which um, I tried to explain to someone and they looked at me blankly. There's nothing more boring or awkward than trying to explain a gif. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so it's like a little cartoon of different women lifting each other up. So one lifts one, she climbs up, she lifts the other one, you know, and it's just a spiral of women lifting each other up. And I thought, that is what I want to write a song about. So I actually one day realized, oh, the verses and the chorus actually kind of go together. It can be like the struggle of trying to be taken seriously. And then, you know, yay, if you ever feel like you've made it and you get named, you know, City Pages Best Performer <laughs> of the Year. <laughs> um, and I'm very sober and I still say all these stupid things. But um, Welcome to the club. Right? Exactly. Welcome to you the club. You can actually remember the stupid things you said. That's uh-huh. the main difference. Uh. Um, but yeah, so I just... This is a very long-winded way of just saying I wanted it to be encouraging, you know, not Pollyanna, not pretending it's not hard, but just to say, you know what, if you work really hard and you're lucky, then you might, you know, make a career out of this. And a career is how you define it, you know, and I and I feel, you know, in this craziest of times, you know, I'm playing music and people are listening and, you know, that's probably as good as it will get and that's okay. If people did not see the live performance that streamed from the Hook and Ladder uh, a few weeks back, the lasting legacy that's going to be carried forward and offers insight into Me Too from literally 17 different angles, and there are so many more angles to explore, but this was a great, great eye-opener and really great performers and a really worthy listen is the Me Too Minneapolis compilation, which can be found on Spotify all over online. I believe the video can still be watched if you go to MeTooMinneapolis.org. Is that correct? Yeah, although that's a bit of a sore spot for me. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't sing my best that night, you know? I hadn't been playing much. Anyway, well, Sean and I fine. didn't want to say anything. Um, yeah, we were really we're glad you brought <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, it yeah. What are you talking about? Uh, it's fine, it's fine. I like my outfit, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can come back to that or no, maybe no. just forget that it Let's ever got brought that. up. But what we're going to do in the meantime is from that Me Too Minneapolis compilation, we're going to listen to Katie Vernon's song Shine on The Brian Oak Show.
That would be Katie Vernon, a song called Shine from the Me Too Minneapolis compilation. MeTooMinneapolis.org is where you go to find out more about that event, the organization's ongoing work, and to get your hands on that compilation. Now, you just informed me, Katie, that you, uh, towards the end there, you're not the only person on that song. And in fact, it is not that this is the feather in their cap because they're all incredible (laughs) despite their inclusion on this. But virtually everyone involved has been on this particular show, The Brian Oak Show, in the past. And um, I take that as a compliment because I really try to dig deep on this show into the fabric of what it means to live in Minneapolis, what it means to be a musician in the upper Midwest, and also not just geographically, but also time-wise. I mean, like, this is what's happening right now Mm -hmm. in Minnesota in terms of music. Who else is with you on that song? Yeah, you know, I kind of put out a a call because I was just like, you know, the whole point of the record, of the song, you know, is lifting people up. So I was like, it's a bit sad if I'm just, like, lifting myself Mm. and multi-tracking my own voice. It just felt very self-indulgent. So I reached out, and, um, yeah, I've got, um, among others, Mary Bu, Megan from Kiss the Tiger, Maida, Sarah Morris, um, Vicki Emerson. I know I'm forgetting people, but yeah, a whole lot. So I literally wanted a chorus of women. The only person that you listed in that list uh, that's had not been on the show is Vicki Emerson. Can okay. you put me in touch? Can we get her on? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Sarah and her have a band together. They're great. Really? A, yeah. I'm blanking on the name. That's oh, okay. Home Fires. The Home Fires. There we go. Because yeah. the other thing great, though, is that the internet is so good at that right now. Like, if yes, you're like, well, work. who are these people? Boom. And it's right there. Yes. And it's all good to go. Yeah. Before we continue talking to Katie Vernon and Karen Fullman, I do want to remind people that it's the Brian Oak Show. It's made possible by Busters on 28th. They are a local eatery in my neck of the woods, southeast Minneapolis. And despite the fact that every time you open your eyes or wake up in the morning or turn around, another local establishment, a.k.a. City Pages, a.k.a. Muddy Waters, a.k.a. Go ahead and pick them because there's been literally hundreds at this point, is falling by the wayside. The pandemic is taking its toll, not on our day-to-day sanity only, but on the actual fabric of this community, and it's not okay. Busters on 28th so far has weathered the storm. They are still part of what we do and who we are, and they're still very much there and cranking out good food and bevies, and people should support them. Do you think that's fair, Sean? I do. I'm running the board, so I should probably turn my own That's mic on. cool. Um, I mean, you know, I'd be what, up to you, but yeah. <laughs> they are uh, they are hanging on, and I think it's just important for us to say it out loud that we've got to make sure that places like Buster's stick around. So it, even if you can't get there once a week, please share their stuff on social media. Share it with your friends. Remind people to go there. Uh, they have been a loyal sponsor of this program for a long time, but I'm worried about everybody right now that it, nobody's doing enough business They're all just kind of getting by right now, and Buster's is one of them. So please support Buster's on 28th. You can order online and get curbside to go, or if you feel safe, you can go in. They have socially distanced tables there as well, busterson28th.com. This weekend's supposed to be nice. Next week, 50s, maybe even 60s. You can use their patio if they still have their stuff set up outside. And I'm going to be very honest, and I mean this with all sincerity, I want them to continue to be sponsors of the Brian Oak Show. But this is, in the grand scheme of people's livelihoods and the, 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 the nature of our lives, it's a trifle, right? I want them to exist because when life resumes, even a vague sen- semblance of normalcy, I want to be able to go there. I want them in my neighborhood, right? And so not only Buster's on 28th, but your neighborhood eateries, your neighborhood whatever, nail salons, boomerang academies, whatever the case may be. Pet groomers. Fine. Listen, I meant pet groomers, okay? I I don't don't get every word right every time. You get most of them right, and it's annoying. Uh, (laughs) My point is, get out there and support your local businesses. If you have, if you have the the means, the income, go ahead and support these places because margins weren't good to begin with, and now everybody's hanging on by a thread. And I'm tired of waking up and finding out another mainstay has fallen by the wayside. Something that apparently is surviving even the pandemic is the realty business. And Sean, you are also a sponsor of this show. You are a realtor for Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. You still moving units? People still calling you? Yeah, we had a closing this morning. I've got a listing that. Uh... Uh, we'll be starting next Thursday, and things are still going well. Is anything more tedious in your line of work, and I think that people would appreciate a frank and honest answer, than the closing? When I sat down next to a stack of documents yeah. three inches high, um, I was like, what? And my wife, who's very detail-oriented, significantly more than I am, uh, she started to read through every single document. No, no. And <laughs> at one point, I looked at the, across the table, and they're like, 
their their eyes got a little wide. And then our realtor leaned over and was like, just start signing. Just start signing. <laughs> because it was already going to be a 45-minute process just writing our name that many times. Yeah. Closings can be grueling and especially if you're a first timer I, I didn't know what the hell was happening and I'm and you look at the totals and it's like monopoly money it's like I don't have that much money. I, I do pe- want people to read the documents but not at the closing I yeah. like to have them I, I well I'm serious about this that it isn't they are legal documents you should right. know what you're signing but right. maybe not the day of is the time to do it right. um, a lot of my job is putting together these legal documents which are purchase agreements and it's tedious and you have to be exacting in it. You know, the, the closings can be stressful, but if I do my job as a realtor, ideally they're not. And I try to walk people through every single part of the process. I just had a good friend of mine uh, close this morning and it was just a cool process. She, she, we went in and we did kind of the needs analysis of what do you want? She was, this is a big move for her. And then she went and wanted to get this other place that had nothing to do with what we had talked about. And I just said, I just have to say it out loud. This is not what you said. And she just said, you know what? I'm making a mistake. Mm. And we went and looked at other places, and the place that she closed on today matches everything she needs. And she just said, thank you for at least say, being, having the courage to just say something rather than just take the sale. And I was like, I just was thinking more about your next 20 years of your life, not just today. But if you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594, that number is also text-worthy. I'm buying you a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> My name is Brian Oak. It is the Brian Oak Show. Karen Fullman is our guest, as well as Katie Vernon, both board members of Dissonance. Now, Dissonance at their website, uh, it says healthy community for creative people. So, Karen, initially this was created for creatives, correct? And... I know that artists are sensitive. I've had to deal with them almost my entire adult life as professionals. And I'm, I'm kind of joking around, but I also mean that in a sincere sense. The reason I chose my particular career path where I was around creatives all the time was because I realized that although I'm creative in my own right, not like that. Um, but I wanted to be as close to it and as near to it as possible. And can I ask you what... I mean, how did dissonance form? At what point? I mean, obviously, everybody needs a support network. Everybody needs help. Everybody needs to know they're not alone. But that doesn't mean that things like this just organically happen. Where does mm-hmm. dissonance come from? Yeah, it actually came from um, a music school that is now no longer. Mm. So you can <laughs> put that together, probably. Um, but basically, um, people were realizing. Um, so it was started by Sarah Souter. Um, she is still the leader of Dissonance. And um, she was working, she's a therapist, and she was working with young music students. And not only is there, you know, definitely um, a bit of an inclination to to having kind of a heightened sensitivity um, and maybe some mental health issues that come along with that, but also just going into a less stable, not that anything feels stable now in the workforce, but a traditionally less stable um, career path that might be, um, you might not have health insurance if you become, you know, a working musician. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, just, it's kind of many different reasons. And so she saw a particular need and she also um, just felt like, you know, there's a lot of artists that, um, you know, are living this career path and maybe could give some advice or maybe they are also struggling and have no outlet for how to talk about that. And it was started five years ago. Um, you know, it, it kind of seems now like everybody's talking on their Instagram stories about mental health. But even five years ago, that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case. And although it might be like, well, now everyone's jumped on mm-hmm. board. It's another one of those things like Me Too, like so many other things. Mm-hmm. I'm glad because mm-hmm. it sat on the fringe or in the shadows for so very long. And it's one of those things, too, where even the most successful and wonderfully uh, privileged among us might be like, Everything's fantastic. And inside, there's this voice that won't stop screaming Mm -hmm. or there's this harrowing white knuckling Mm -hmm. aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Mental health, I still don't know that we've fully articulated exactly what it means, but continuing the conversation and providing more spaces all the time Mm -hmm. can only lead to a better place for everybody. And, you know, from my point of view, you know, it's like what other careers do you get paid in beer? You know, (laughs) you don't. So, you know, there's a lot of very enabling um, things, even if you're not like this crazy rock star having, you know, drugs pushed at you. 
um, you know, after a sold out stadium, which of course no no normal person could just roll with and then right. go to bed. Um, you know, but even on a very micro level, um, it's a very strange thing to try to be an entertainer and to try to get that external praise. You know, there are no just like, you know, meetings with your supervisor saying you did well. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to kind of create your own goals <laughs> or you have just these weird pressures yeah. on you. And um, yeah, so it's just a support for that. And then also um, really smashing stigma. So our typical events would be something like, you know, a lineup of musicians that would perform. We did a great sober New Year's just next door here at the Parkway last um, last year. And, um, you know, we had fantastic performers putting on a real proper rock show. And, um, and then, you know, some mental health resources in the lobby, some discussions, you know, on the stage. And um, just knowing that you're in a room full of people that have chosen just a different way to go out and have fun. The one building that's between where the Smart Start MN studio is, where we're recording right now, and the Parkway, which I love the Parkway so very much, uh, used to be Pepito's, which I went to yeah. for many, many moons, and it was El Burrito, has now permanently shuttered. If the Parkway closes, mm. I'm firebombing this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. That that, that yeah. obviously is not funny and no. way too extreme, but it... it I guess metaphorically is what I meant. Um, yeah. I can't. I can't take it anymore. We can't lose any yeah. more places. And a place like the Parkway that cares as much as they do, that focuses as much as they do on good things, um, we we need to get back there. And to me, what that means is, I know that everyone's suffocating. I know that everyone is frustrated. I know that everyone's had more than a fucking enough of the virus and all <laughs> the things that we have to do that go along with it. But you have to mask up and you have to not hang out and you have to do the right thing because maybe we have another year where it's really, really terrible. Or maybe if we keep saying, no, we got to open up. No, we got to keep trying to find ways to get back to normal before it's time. Then this is something that lasts five years, uh, four years, however many years. And and we don't. New Zealand, I just saw a great article the other day. They have live rock shows. Now, granted, they're a small nation island. But they shut everything down and they they locked it down and now they don't have COVID on their island. I saw a funny tweet the other day. Someone said that um, Pence now has more cases, positive cases just in his immediate staff than the entire country of New Zealand. I can't remember her last name, but Jacinda, who is the prime minister mm-hmm. of New Zealand, can we please have her here? Can can we please have, I know we can't because she wasn't born here, but I, <laughs> I, I subscribe and I follow everything she does on social media because she is, she makes sense. Like she, I just, I feel better when I listen to her talk, even though she's talking about a small island nation on the far side of the world. Karen, what drew you to distance? How did you become involved? Yeah, um, I was actually um, playing music out and I had hurt my wrist and so I started hosting open mics to help support the community. And um, as I was with other nonprofits such as um, Irreducible Grace Foundation, I was learning these t- these breathing tools and um, becoming really passionate about helping other people. Um, as someone who also suffers with anxiety and depression and PTSD, they really helped me in my life and so I want to advocate you know, for others. And I realized that, you know, teaching breathing tools at Open Bike wasn't necessarily what they were coming for. <laughs> so I realized that I was longing for something different. And like they say, when you, you when you need something, right, and you don't see that thing out there, then you create it. Because chances are you're not the only one who can benefit from this thing. And um, and I had talked and reached out to Brianna Lane at the warming house. Mm. And I was like, I really want to do something. I don't know what it is. Like, can we can we talk? And she's like, well, actually, you know, have you heard of dissonance? And, um, and, you know, before I knew it, I was meeting with Katie and Jen and we were talking about like what it all meant to us and, um, just collaborating with, with just what we wanted to see and what we could benefit from and knowing that it's going to start with one or two people, but that like so many could, could benefit just from, you know, showing up. The first step is just showing up and, and learning how to be vulnerable with, with other people, because even as musicians, right, like you want to put on a show, you want to be entertaining, you want to be funny, you want to be, you know, attractive, whatever, all these things, you know, but how many, how many times can you show up and be authentic, you know, and allow yourself just to be yourself. And so I think, you know, dropping the labels and dropping, you know, um, just who you are trying to project, it, it's so healthy to be able to just be like, hey, this is me and like, and be able to be accepted and, and to be heard. And so many of us, 
have so much to say, but how many how many times do we just sit and listen to one another? You know, and I think that's that's what we do, and, and it just it just became something that we all like benefited from personally. You know, and and the friendship of of just coming together and being like, hey, like we're all having a hard time, like what's going on in our lives? I'm sure other people can benefit from this too. Um, and I just and you know even if you know, three people show up, even if 20 people show up, we still have that same effect of like, man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Well, that get together, you know, I mean, it, it happened at the warming house and now it happens virtually and it's happening again here coming up in just a few short days, yeah, I believe on Monday, on November, Monday. on Monday, November yeah. 2nd. And it is story. Well, and Katie, you are, and what do you call it? Do you call it the speaker, the performer, um, the facilitator, the facilitator. Yeah, and like this that. month is about hope. hope and if there yeah. was, ever a month that we could use a little hope Katie I've been really putting off like doing my planning for it because I got really excited because I was like we need hope yes that will be good that'll be a perfect subject Mm -hmm. and then I was like oh my god how do I write about it but um we came up with um what do you even call that when it's a acronym acronym thank you I was like an analogy that's not (laughs) um so I I love an acronym acronyms acronym I can't speak I'm an English major. Oh, dear. Anyway, so I was like, and that really helped me then, you know, kind of get my head around it. So for hope, um, I've got helping, opportunity, perseverance, and empathy. I really I'll, feel like I'm on, on like public radio. Well, you're about, exactly. You know, Katie, I, re- I really like the sound of what you're saying. That's fantastic. Empathy. That sounds really good. Um, so that kind of helped me frame it because, you know, I, I too have been worried about my friends and myself. And um, I read an article, which I then actually did a deep dive and, and did a lot of research for this um, event coming up, which was the Washington Post just published an article. What happens when um, pandemic depression you know, collides with seasonal depression. Ooh. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, I don't know. What right. happens? And we laugh only because otherwise we're <laughs> we all understand. in tears because yeah. it's right. very, yeah. very real. It's no, very it's, real. It's so real. And so I started reading the article and then it was like linked to, um, and it was first aid for, um, for anxiety. And I thought, okay, I, I should read that one too. You know, I went down such a tunnel and I realized a lot of the first aid that they, you know, had in this uh, lovely Washington Post article was the stuff that Karen does. The breathing and the like grounding yourself back in your body, reminding yourself like of where you are and what you did that day and what you can control, what you can't control. All that good stuff, you know, that comes from um, just mindfulness and friendship, um, recovery work, listening to each other. That's the biggest takeaway I've had from AA is um, just learning to like shut up and mm-hmm. listen to other people, even when they're droning on and you realize <laughs> like, oh, actually, I, I kind of learned something. <laughs> all right. um, you know, all that stuff is good. So I literally have planned out like, you know, hope is not this airy fairy, the luck of the draw, you know, it's fate kind of thing. You, it is not optimism. You know, it's not all of these kind of, you know, things that just kind of happen. You know, it's more of a, like, what am I going to put on my calendar that gives me the reason to get out of bed today? It's intentional. You know? Yeah. What tools am I going to um, kind of, you know, crowdsource from from other people that have dealt with difficult things? And, um, you know, it's um, we're all in a struggle together. And so this is more about talking about the actual tools to build some resiliency Mm-hmm. And um, and we are all in that together. And I'm literally, you know, I, I went to, you know, Facebook, which I've pretty much left, but I went back to like ask people to give me input. I've literally made a, a list of about 20 things that, um, you know, we can all put on our calendars and do, you know, throughout the next few months. And some of them are outside activities. Some of them are online, you know, sharing, gaming, you know, that you can do in a group and all kinds of things. And um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. And there's going to be, you know, exercises and questions and it'll be pe- very, you know, collaborative. How do people find it? If they want to be there next Monday, how do they find it? Yeah, well, we do it via Facebook. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where all the information is. But then it's a Zoom. So you don't have to be on Facebook. That's just where all the information is. Um, but we have a private Zoom. Um, we have been uh, Zoom bombed. Um, we don't want that to happen again. But mm. um, so we have a private link and um, and then you just join us and it's just uh, kind of easy going. It's about an hour and a half usually, I think. Yep. Typically it's six to seven thirty. Yeah. Yep. 
And so it's just go find Dissonance on Facebook yeah. mm-hmm. and you'll get all the necessary details yeah. there. Um, thank you both for coming by. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not Thanks trying to shut us. it down. We could talk about this forever because I th- feel like there's a lot of value mm-hmm. there. But I feel like people will get even more value by hearing me talk less and the two of you talk more. But before we let you go, um, you are going to play for us, aren't you, Katie? Yeah, I um well, I'm so excited that you played my newest song, but I have a brand new song that I just wrote. And um yeah, I thought I'd play it for you guys. Is it directed at Washington? Is it called Fuck That Guy? <laughs> it's called Let's Bomb This Whole Town. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's not, but okay, so do we That'll do it for the Brian Oak Show. Thank you very much to Smart Start MN. Thanks to Sean Bernard. Thanks to our friends at Busters on 28. Thanks to AudioQuip. Everyone who's contributed to the show. Thanks again, Karen. Thank you again, Katie. And we're going to let your music take us out. Do not forget to check out uh, Dissonance on Facebook. Check out the story well happening on Monday. And get out and vote. For God's <laughs> sake, fucking vote. Thanks, you guys. We'll talk to you. Oh, what do you got? One more time. Oh, and we have one more thing to plug. Yes. Give, give to the Mac. Day. Because this so, is a nonprofit yes. organization. We're a nonprofit and we all volunteer. And our mission basically is we pay artists and then we don't charge people to attend our events or we charge them the very, very minimum. Wait a minute. Artists getting paid for yes. their work? Are you sure right? about this, Ms. What? Vernon? I'm not 100% certain that I jive with all that. No, I worked for a nonprofit <laughs> for six years before I got into radio. I worked at Clean Water Action yeah. Alliance. And Give to the Max Day is yes. an amazing opportunity to help. You want to talk about small margins and shoestring budgets. Yes. Every cent you <laughs> donate to any nonprofit that matters to you, literally every penny matters. So Give to the Max Day is a great day to do that. Tuesday, November 19th. Yes. I assume people can find out more at the Dissonance Facebook site as well about yes. doing it on that particular day. And it will day. be on our website, which is dissonance.website. And I know that's weird, but that's weird. I'm there right now, and I kept refreshing it. I'm like, it's It's got to be dot org or dot Monday or dot, but it's dissonance dot website. Yeah, and we'll be we'll be doing some stuff for that. All the necessary info there. Check it out on Monday. Find out how valuable and healing it is, and then give to the max on Give to the Max Day on Tuesday, November nineteenth. Peace and wellness to both of you, and let's hope that next week when we wake up, it's a very different (laughs) world. (laughs) I know it won't change overnight, but. For God's sake, I can't do this for another four years. <laughs> Thank you very much. Here's the music of Katie Vernon as we wrap things up on The Brian Oak Show. Here we go. I don't know how to begin. I don't know how it ends. I'm stuck in the middle again. Fighting a war. I don't know how to win Turn the volume down Then I can't hear Turn the lights low Then I can't see I tried to run away But I hit the wall I tried to be bigger than this But I feel so small I don't know how to begin I don't know how it ends I'm stuck in the middle again Fighting a wall I don't know how to win Tried to put out the fire But I started to drown no, that voice is a liar, builds me up, tears me down. I tried to fly away, but I clipped my own wings. And I couldn't talk anymore, I started to sing. I don't know how to begin. I don't know how it ends. I don't know how to win.